The next place. A Good Omens multi-voice potfic, written by Maniacal Mole and narrated by Literarian. Chapter 6 L. Part 2 Summary Liga and Crowley confront some scary things, like a tortured demon, a spooky forest, more murders, and feelings. So their next plan was Hasta. This time they weren't walking in empty-handed. Crowley had been thinking of a plan. It seemed there were places in the world where dead people could almost reach through. Some of them meant something to the dead person, like the ghost and her ruins, or Crowley and his bookstore. Then there were places where the veil was already thin. Crowley had been enough of a paranormal enthusiast. This was ironic, considering he was a supernatural being himself, but there you have it. To know a few. Ley lines and stuff, he said. Portals to other dimensions. Whatever people call them, people have found them because people are, well, people. Brilliant, curious people. Blah, blah, Liga said. So we find a place where the veil, as you've so poetically put it, is thin, and then we rip through it. And then we rip through it. And that's what we'll tell Huster. Uh, in case he's any help at all. Why are we doing this again? I mean, Aziraphale has read a lot. He'd know about this sort of thing, but... But Hester's much better at ripping things. What does that even mean? That doesn't mean anything, does it? It just sounds vaguely threatening. The threats of the pain, Crowley, Liga said cheerfully. You and your mottos. Luckily, Zzz hadn't had as much contact with Hester as with Aziraphale, in spite of his growing infamy in the demon afterlife, so they weren't keeping tabs on him quite yet. Plus, despite what he claimed about detesting the place, Hester had more than a few layers around Earth, as opposed to the rather more sedentary Angel's one bookstore. It made the Duke harder to track if you didn't know him. But one of the demons did know him. It took them hardly any time at all to find Huster in one of his gloomiest lairs. He had set this one on fire. It was strange, Crowley thought, not being able to feel the heat as he and Ligger walked through the burning building in search of the other demon. He kept wincing and trying not to breathe, even though the bright light would only hurt his eyes if he imagined it did. And hell, I don't even need to breathe at all. 
they found Huster in the very middle of the large, warehouse-like building, standing in the midst of his flames, letting them dance around him while he raised his hands, palms up, with fingers bent like claws, and let his small kingdom burn. Um, Crowley said, out of the corner of his mouth to Ligger. You sure he's all right? All right? How dare you ask me if he's all right? I didn't ask you if your angel was all right after you've been dead for days. Sorry, Crowley said, grimacing as a flame leapt up in front of him. But I'm finding it hard to keep track of what does and doesn't insult you. Hester was beginning a low laugh that seemed as though it was going to build up into a maniacal, hysterical, or possibly even diabolical one any moment now. This is very embarrassing, Crowley said. Are you sure we shouldn't leave? What? And wait for him to not be surrounded by flames? Ligger said. He nudged Crowley. Come on. They walked to the center of the room where Huster was standing. His laugh had died in his throat. There was an odd look in his eye. Crowley would almost have called it detached. Ligger was practically bouncing. Do you know what you're going to do? Crowley asked. Ligger nodded. He grinned. I can almost feel it burning. Crowley stepped aside and gestured for the demon to make his move. Ligger stepped closer to the flames. He took in a deep breath. Then he blew. He created a giant wind. The gust blew through the building, flattening the flames one by one. Soon they were all out, except for a few tiny sparks and embers that burned on the floor. They spelled out the word Huster. Damn, how do you do that? It's like I'm really here, Ligger said, his eyes glowing. He sneered at Crowley. I guess I'm just better at haunting than you are. Congratulations, Crowley nudged him back. Cause I found it easier to affect the world when I was feeling emotionally attached. Don't know about you. Ligger disdained to reply. Haster was looking around in confusion. He noticed the flames spelling out his name. He did a double take and said, Did I do that? Great, Crowley murmured. Your boyfriend's an idiot. Ligger attempted to seize Crowley by the collar, but since Crowley hadn't been expecting it and therefore hadn't imagined it, his hand went right through him. What did you say? Ligger snarled. Oh, I wasn't even trying to mess with you there. It just slipped out. Crowley pointed at Huster. Talk to him, 
Ligger cast him a dirty look and stalked over to Huster, still grumbling. He looked his fellow duke in the eye. Huster was studying the embers in complete bafflement. Ligger flicked him on the forehead. Oi! Huster did nothing. Oi, idiot! Ligger said. He flicked him again. As endearing as this is, Crowley began. Shush, I'll get to him. Huster bent down to look more closely at his burning name, and as he did, he leant right through Ligger. Ligger backed away in disgust. He fell backwards onto the embers, scattering them and casting them out. Huster's eyes widened. Cast out the flames, he murmured. He stood up slowly. Cursed, he said, in a deep, foreboding tone. Ligger, cursing, stood up. Pay attention, he snapped. He waved his hands in front of the duke's face. Huster was still oblivious. He was lighting another flame. He held it in his hand, then gently let it drop to the floor, where it spread quickly around them in a circle. He's put petrol all over this place, Crowley said in dismay. Ligger was staring at Huster. There was a wrinkle on his brow right between his eyes. He glared. Right, Ligger said. Here we go. He closed his eyes and focused. A space appeared, parting the ring of flame, clearing a space so that one wall was visible through it. On the wall, Ligger's shadow appeared. His hunched, creeping, lurking shadow. Hasta saw it. He let the flames fall to the ground, all except the one he was holding in his hand. It cast an eerie light on his angular face, and just enough light to keep the shadow visible. Ligger, he said in a low voice. Ligger and Crowley waited. Then Huster went on, his voice growing in volume as he said, Oh, Lucifer, release me from this. Free me from this relentless haunting. What remorse could I show that would make up for my guilt? Ligger clicked his tongue and waved his arms at him, but in doing so, his shadow disappeared. Huster had buried his face in his hands and didn't notice. No, Ligger complained. I'm not here because I'm getting revenge, you idiot. Maybe, Crowley said, if you guys talked to each other and were more emotionally vulnerable, you wouldn't have such communication issues. I do not love him. Crowley raised his eyebrows. Wow. He put a finger in his collar and pulled at it. You went right for the L word, huh? Even I wasn't going to push you that far. 
Shut it, shut it, shut it. I do not love... Bigger. Hasta had spoken. They both froze and looked at him. He looked stricken. Bigger, I'm so sorry. It should have been me. Oh, this is embarrassing, Ligger said. I wish it had been me. Stop being so bleak, you bloody... Bloody heaven. Crowley is right. We do have issues. Told you so, Crowley said. Ligger walked up to Hasta and sighed, his lanky arms drooping uselessly to his sides. I don't know, he said. What can I say? You're dismal. I don't know how to haunt someone who's already haunted by guilt. What are you feeling guilty for anyway, huh? Demons ain't supposed to do that. You're gonna end up just like sorry serpent here if you're not careful. He flicked him again. Hasta blinked and said, Ow! Ligger stared. Then he grinned. Then he slapped him lightly across the face. Ow! Hasta ran his hand over his gaunt face in confusion. Then he reached out blindly in front of him, making grabbing motions. Liga leapt back deftly and cackled. Hasta frowned. On the other hand, he said, his tone much changed from before, now far less bleak and much more like his old threatening demon self. If that really is you, Licker, and you really are haunting me, I will exercise you, you bloody bastard. Well, you could try to bring me back, you great oaf. Hold on, Crowley said, amused in spite of himself at the proceedings. He had been a demon, after all, for thousands of years. Some of it does stick. I think I've got this. What do you mean? Well, I've been thinking. There are two types of ghosts that haunt people. Ones who are acquaintances with the person being haunted. Liga nodded appreciatively. Crowley grinned. And ones who want revenge. And he thought about dying. He thought about the way Huster had grinned over him as he was bleeding on the floor. He thought about the fact that this, all of this, had happened in the first place because the Duke had wanted to destroy the entire world. He thought about Aziraphale sitting alone in his bookshop. He made a tiny flame on the tip of his index finger. He shuffled his feet on the floor, spreading the gasoline. Then he dropped the flame. It expanded on the floor into the shape of a serpent. Hasta saw it and gasped. It was theatrical, it was moving, and that was exactly why it worked. It gave Crowley just the amount of bravado to take in a deep breath and... You! Hasta hissed, terrified, and Crowley bellowed, 
Bring us back! The scream reverberated throughout the building. It echoed off the walls and down the many halls that led off from the main gargantuan chamber, and the vibrations of the words sent shivers down Huster's spine. The walls quaked. The Duke looked mortified. Crowley crossed his arms, satisfied. Ligger rubbed a finger in his ear and said, Yep, that ought to do the trick. So now they had Huster looking out for them. Unfortunately, Hasta had no idea how to bring them back, and they couldn't very well explain their idea of breaking through the veil of death entirely through flaming letters or shadows on the wall. Ligger insisted that they stop haunting him for a while, in case doing anything more would draw Z's attention. He didn't want both of their links to the living world to be off-limits. Crowley reluctantly conceded to the logic in this. Huster, admittedly, had been trying. So had Aziraphale. The angel had been researching everything he could on near-death experiences, but all of them suggested that humans were seeing either heaven or, on the awkward rare occasion, hell when they were pulled away from the bright light at the end of the tunnel. Next, he'd researched ghosts and hauntings. He'd found some of the most haunted places on Earth and had even travelled to a few. That was all they knew for now, because Z was keeping an eye on him. At first, Liga had been watching over the angel in the hopes that, since he had less of a connection with him, it wouldn't draw Z's attention if he followed him around. Z apparently took no notice of the difference and had spotted him anyway, and now neither of them could even approach England without one of the twelve other angels hovering nearby, sheepishly informing them that Z had sent them to make sure they didn't get up to anything. Meanwhile, Huster had been taking a different approach to the whole thing. Because dying is where we are closest to death. Ligger explained, sounding fed up with Crowley's response. The serpent was still mortified. Ligger, he's killed three people. And all of them have passed through here, eh? Only for a second. Then they disappeared, sure, to go to hell or wherever, but... It's not working and it's awful, Crowley said. You need to tell him to stop. What am I supposed to do, right? Stop murdering people on the wall in blood? You'll never believe it was me. Hasta had been studying the deaths closely, recording the things the people said or did, but they hadn't said or done anything remotely helpful. Crowley felt sick. Look, if it makes you feel any better... They were people he was gonna kill anyway. 
Humans he'd struck up a deal with, and who it was time to pay their due. You don't go around just killing random humans. Really? Liga made a face. And don't you go spreading that about. The two of them were walking through Germany, an excellent place for hauntings. Every here and there the world would look brighter, clearer, more visible to the dead, albeit those places were a dark and gloomy sort of clear, as haunted places tended to be. Right now they were in the middle of a forest. The trees were old and huge, bigger than you would have thought trees should be. They seemed like something out of a child's nightmare, or from a fairy tale. In spite of their grandeur, the space between them felt confined. Crowley almost felt trapped, even though he knew he could have walked through any of the tree's knotted trunks. The branches reached out to him with sharp, bent fingers. Crowley held up his hand and touched one. He could feel it, even more than he had felt the planchette or his own sunglasses. Funny, Crowley said, his voice low, as though he had to hide from something. How the space between life and death is thinner here. I wonder if it's because this place is so old. Germany. So much history. What? Ligger's crass and normal volumed voice made Crowley wince. It's not that old, Ligger said. They are so the same age. I mean, it's history. People living here, they're... it's... it's just old. In the Holy Roman Empire? Oh, come off it, Ligger. It hasn't been that long since you've been on Earth. You knew what a hotel desk bell was. Hotels are very sinful places, Liga said significantly. Spend a lot of time on those. Besides, the middle of Europe's not that old as far as people go. People were all over the earth in other places for much longer. Whatever. Crowley rolled his eyes. The point is... People think of it as an old place, so I guess that's why it's so thin here. Because they believe it should be haunted here, in this old dark forest. The kind of place where fairy tales were set. Maybe it does have something to do with belief. Maybe that's why Madame Tracy's room was so close to us in the afterlife too. I've been thinking... Liga said slowly. If there are people going around haunting and stuff, and Z said not to, then why don't they just get them to stop? Why don't they put them all to sleep like? You heard what they said. They're not supposed to do that without our consent. Well... Why not set those feather brains to watch them like they threatened to do with us? Come to think of it, why haven't they set their angel watchdogs on us? 
It's pretty obvious we're up to no good. I give off major up-to-no-good vibes. That's my ambience. They say they're busy setting up the next place, Crowley said, pushing past some gnarly branches. Huh. Too busy. Liga scowled as he walked right through a tangled bunch of brambles. They're probably those people who say they're always too busy for things, but really, they just do their boring bloody work and never make time for nothing else. Even if it's important, like watching us. He spat. I hate those people. I know what you mean. Puh, you're in love with one of those people. Crowley stumbled, and the branch he had been holding back slipped and slapped him in the face, leaving a small scratch across his cheek. He winced and held a hand up to it, checking for blood, until he realized that the wound was fake. He bit his lip, and the scratch faded. He turned back to Ligger and glared at him. Don't do that. Do what? The demon was standing with several branches sticking out of his chest. Are you still, as you say, beating about the bush? You're just trying... just trying to... And I thought you liked the truth. Licker sneered. A pitiful quality for a demon... Thought you was always trying to break down artifice and whatnot and discover the reality behind things. The answers? Well, there's your answers, mate. I don't need you to... I mean, look at you, Crowley. Ligger gestured at him dramatically. You're pushing aside branches you don't even need to move. You're literally beating about a bush. And why? Crowley grimaced and let go of the tree branches. They snapped back into place, right through his shoulder and chest. Ligger walked over to him, scratching his chin. I wonder, he said, if it's some sort of make-believe thing. You've always been up for that. You pretend you want to be honest, but really, you're just pretending as much as anybody. You want to be human. You want to feel things. Oh no, wait, not like that. No, you don't accept the truth. You just try to make believe the world's the way you want it. You move those branches cause you want to pretend you're still alive. You're dead, Crowley, and this world is ignoring you as best as it can. Making things up is what people do and they succeed at it, Crowley hissed. Look at this place. We wouldn't be able to touch the world here, even from the afterlife, if people didn't believe it. Planes, helicopters, cars, space shuttles, 
all of those were make-believe until humans believed in it and then made it. So pardon me if I admire them just a little. Wow. Ligard chewed on his tongue for a moment, then frowned at him. You've admitted you admire humans. That's about as low as a demon can get. So I guess you being in love with an angel's not really that much of a fall. They stood for a while, staring at each other. Crowley shook his head, held out his arms. What do you want from me? he said. Then he gave a short laugh. <laughs> you know, Ligger, you're messing up if you think this is getting revenge on me for what I did to you. Because you want to know the truth. The real truth. The one you say I don't care about at all. You are right. But forcing me to believe the truth is not going to hurt me. In fact, you might actually be doing me a favor. Crowley turned and started walking again. Ligga called after him. Well, lucky you. Cause you never do yourself any. And let me return the favor, Ligga. If you think I feel that way about him because I miss him, because I think about him all the time, because he's the one thing I want, I need to get back to. Then what does that tell you about yourself? Cause that's you and Hustard to a T. Crowley was a curious demon. He had never been able to help it. When he didn't hear Ligger coming after him, and when he didn't hear him screaming at him or throwing something at his head, he couldn't help but turn around and look. The demon was where he had left him, standing in the woods, branches sprouting from his chest, glowering at him. Screw you. Oh, that's convincing, Crowley replied. I don't love him. Again, Ligger, you are the only one who has ever been saying that word, and most demons, trust me, would shy away from it. Even I have been. So why are you so keen to spit it out all the time? Don't. Ligger sulked. And then he said, in a voice that was equal parts irritated and miserable, It's just cause I'm stuck in this dump with no one better to talk to, and thinking about him makes me feel like I'm still connected to the place I'm trying to get back to and reminds me who I was when I was there. That could have happened with anybody up there, if things had worked out different. Crowley sighed. He said, Maybe that's all it is. Maybe that's all it ever is. But there's one thing you can't deny. He gestured for Ligger to follow him and the demon reluctantly staggered away from the trees. Crowley said, You like thinking about him better than sitting here alone. Ligger wrinkled his nose, but he did follow him, and the two of them kept following their self-made path through the forest. 
Ligger grumbled a few times along the way. Crowley didn't bother to ask him to repeat himself. Eventually, Ligger said, I don't, though. He sniffed. Do that thing that I said. That you said, I say, too much. I didn't say you say it too much. Well, I don't, anyway. Ligger sounded mopey. Whatever. I tell ya. I really don't care. Ligger was smirking, which, with Ligger, was a nearly audible thing. Crowley turned to him in confusion. Ligger was giving a cheeky grin. He poked himself in the chest with a cracked black fingernail and said, Cross my heart and hope to die. Crowley rolled his eyes. <laughs> Death. He turned ahead again and kicked his way forward. He mumbled, That bastard, doing this crap to people. Except he didn't even show up to my... He stopped, and Ligger walked into him. Holy crap! Holy crap? Where? Ligger cried. Shut up. No. Death. He didn't. Did he show up for you? When you died? Ligger scratched his chin. Tall, bony fellow? Yeah. Can't say I remember seeing him. Just a lot of myself disintegrating onto the floor. You had such nice floors, all shiny. Got a real good look at them while I was melting. Death didn't show up. Crowley frowned. He usually does, you know. Can't say I'm much of an expert on his policy. No, he definitely does. I met him once. Ooh, look at me, A.J. Crowley. I'm a death himself, and a whole cast of Underworld celebrities while I was stopping the apocalypse. Shut up, Ligger. This might mean something. Death didn't bring us here. Maybe he'll be mad about that. Maybe, since he never actually brought us onto the afterlife himself, we're not really entirely dead. Huh. Might be onto something there. Maybe we can meet with him, talk to him, at least get his word on what's going on. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that death likes to get his way. And this is not his way. Well, Crowley grinned. That might just be a good thing for us. I suppose he could be here somewhere, Ligger said. Might have a beach condo or something in the angel and demon afterlife that he visits from time to time. Okay, if you know what a beach condo is, then I'm not letting you get away with calling things antiquated names anymore. I heard Aziraphale call a movie theater a Nickelodeon once. You know we get mixed up sometimes. Crowley's mouth quirked. Yeah, he does that a lot. That's not as bad as the time he said he wanted to show me a peep show. Stupid angel, 
No, you know what he is? A brilliant angel. Crowley beamed. He's our ticket to a backstage meet and greet with Death himself. Lega beamed also. Oh, you're finally gonna kill the angel? What? No! Oh my... Just be quiet for the next ten hours, all right? No, Aziraphale will know how to get in contact with him without dying. I just know it. Great, Liga said, exaggeratedly enthusiastic. And how do we get in contact with him? Oh. Right. Crowley leaned against a tree and scratched his head. Liga leaned against another tree and copied him mockingly. Well, Liga said, we could maybe contact Hester, and I bet he'd be able to run into death. What was his history of killings and all? I bet death's a big fan. Crowley was wondering how he could manage to leave Liga out of the meeting with the actual Grim Reaper without the other demon knowing it when they heard a bell. Not another one! The bell stopped. Liga grabbed Crowley's arm and started pulling him. It's one of Hester's tortures. If we're quick, we can get there before he kills them, and maybe death will show up then. Crowley really didn't feel like watching someone die today, but Liga may have had a point. The last time they'd seen a demon die, they had only watched it from the afterlife. Maybe death showed up in the other world. Maybe he didn't always talk to you before he sent you on your way. Or maybe he did, and they had both somehow forgotten, as though death came with his own amnesia. Crowley had often had the feeling he'd met death before, aside from just the brief time at the apocalypse, but he couldn't remember. Death felt familiar. Maybe that was just the way his life had been going. Having had more experience moving in the afterlife now, they caught up with the belt's intermittent rings quickly. The angels and Zzz, of course, were off building the next place, so they didn't seem to have noticed the eminent new arrival yet. He was a demon with large ram horns, and he kept flashing in and out of existence, the bell going on and off. Liga squinted his eyes so hard that his whole face grew wrinkled and focused. See, Huster? Crowley asked. Yep. Huh. He don't look like he's enjoying it much. Great. Ramhorns popped back into the afterlife, screaming. After a moment, he stopped. He straightened up from his previously cowering position and blinked around him. Half a smile formed on his face. Huh. 
Hi, I'm AJ Crowley and don't panic, but you're about to die and I just need to know if... And right as the other demon was turning to face him, he zapped out of existence. Yep, Liga said, still squinting into the living world. He brought him back. Crap. Crowley started pacing. Still no sign of death. Not a skull inside. Crowley stopped walking. He rubbed his chin. Maybe he... Maybe he really doesn't show up for us. Demons, I mean. Maybe not angels either. We should be back here soon, Liga said. As us asking him all sorts of questions about what he says, but the guy is too confused to answer him right. Stop hitting him, Hester. That's too distracting. Wait, I have an idea. Crowley waited for the demon to flash back. As soon as he did, he seized him by the shoulders. The guy gave a startled yelp. Tell him that you see us, Crowley said urgently. Tell him Crowley and Liga are here and he won't hurt you anymore. Tell him, tell him he has to find Aziraphale. Wait, what? Liga said. Tell him to find Aziraphale and ask him about the... What? Who are you? The demon said. Why aren't I in pain anymore? What's going... And then he disappeared. Damn it. You're sending Hester to get your angel. Liga said. Oh, this ought to go well. It's our only chance. Aziraphale knows how to do this. This thing. At least I've seen him reading about it. I always wanted him to try it out, but he said it would be rude. I think he might have been scared. Crowley had also been scared, but there was no point in bringing that up now. So, we'll send Hester, Liga said, to get the angel to get death. And they'll talk to him and figure out what's going on. Yes. And we won't have to talk to any of them at all. We can just sit back and watch. Yes. Liga grinned. I knew you must be good for something, Serpent. And if it's the sin of sloth, then so be it. The demon popped back into the afterlife. Crowley yelled at him. Tell him he needs Aziraphale to do the rite of Ashkent. The demon faded. He was gone for just a second. Then he reappeared. This time the bell kept ringing. What was that? He said. Did you say it? Crowley seized him by the shoulders again and shook him. Did you tell him? He told him. Liga said, excited. He told him everything. Hester knows. What did Hester say? He said, who the bloody hell is Aziraphale? What? Not everyone knows who your boyfriend is, Snake. 
He's an important principality. He's really not, Lika said with a smirk. Can someone please tell me what's going on? Ramhorns asked. Right, sorry, um, how are you feeling? Crowley asked, feeling incredibly guilty and awkwardly relieved at the same time. A lot better than I was a few moments ago, the demon said. Say, where is this place? Have I been saved? I was sure Duke Castor was going to kill me. Crowley and Ligger stood in awkward silence. The bell was still ringing. Then there was another familiar sound, one of the few that existed from the afterlife. It was the sound of wings. We need to get out of here, Liga said. What? Wait, don't leave me. You saved me, right? You can tell me what's going on? What is going on? Uh, they can. Crowley said, giving him a smile and gesturing toward the sound of approaching wings. Then he and Ligger legged it out of there as fast as they could.